1: And I'm just a super nerd. Well, hello, listeners. And Sarah, long time no chat, my friend. Um, I was not anticipating having a conversation so soon. And I love talking with you. It just feels a little bit like we talked for three hours just yesterday. A little bit. I don't know why you would feel that way.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, dear listeners, sometimes technical issues arise. And
1: and sometimes you record two back-to-back episodes of your podcast, including, like, epic, epic, like, running-over-time episodes, and the audio for one of you just magically doesn't record. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah. What's funny about that show is that we could put out the show and it would just be a whole lot of dead air while I ranted. And then you chiming in responding to dead air.
1: I was Um, thinking how funny it would be if like Matt just interjected and said, Stacy said some stuff here and then like (laughs) edit to me. And then Stacy said something else and then edit back to me. But then I realized that that would be a funny joke for me, but probably not actually like good content for our listeners. Yeah, yeah.
0: So what we do have for you is a show that we intended to come live next week while Sarah was camping, um, and you'll hear that we talk about the time warp that we do these things when we pre-record. The good news for us is that we do have a show for you because we double recorded. Uh, the bad news is is the show that we intended to give you this week, which was a topic I had requested based on a recent experience I had. We'll need to wait until next week. So we're doing a little... It's like a time warp, time warp. It's like a double, double warp. At the same time, I can't see how you have expectations of the show that we lost because you weren't there to record it with us. So the good news is we have a normal show that's about to follow. Um, And we will get the technical difficulties. My microphone um, is dying. And so it just, it didn't record me, but it recorded Sarah. And then it did record the second show, which is just bizarre. So who knows? Strange, But we'll get that taken care of so that the next time we record, um, it will be great, and we can go on even better ranty soapboxes when we've had a little distance from the fact that we
1: just <laughs> recorded it yesterday. Blah, blah. You know, honestly, the only way I could do it again today is if as if I was like drinking heavily.
0: Yes, yeah, so so like I, I, dear listeners, I did drink yesterday. I had I had half a glass of wine before the show, and then I finished it throughout the show. So by the end, I was on a full glass of wine and I was fully animated. I had to take off my bracelets because I was hand talking so much and I didn't want them jingle jangling for you. (laughs) Um, But that's okay. We'll come back and we'll, we'll do the show. This has only ever happened, I think, two or three times in the entire history of our show. So we can't really complain that much, but I am glad that you are getting the following show. And thank you for your patience with us this week. Welcome back listeners. If I've counted correctly, simple math is not my strong suit. You're in episode 319. Hi, you Kara. just, you
1: just claimed credit for counting that. I did.
0: <laughs> well, and honestly, I put a disclaimer because I don't want to throw you under the bus in case you've counted oh, it incorrectly. Oh, there we go. I'm looking out for you as a friend here.
1: I appreciate it. <laughs> uh, I I do now, because since it became interesting to know what number episode we were on when we record, I do actually check. I was like, what did we do last week? 318. Got it. All right. And then, I'm gonna, and then I add one. I'm just saying. I'm going to call
0: you on that one. And I'm going to say... It's not that because it's interesting to know. It's because when you realized we were off for like half a dozen shows,
1: <laughs> you decided you didn't want to have that happen anymore. True or I, false? True. Okay. I, I like accuracy and I also really like numbers. And so being inaccurate with a number <laughs> hurts my heart is basically the way that goes.
0: I also wasn't telling the truth when I said simple math wasn't my strong suit.
1: Yeah. I'm kind of good at math. We're like super good at math. (sighs) Can, Can I tell you what I'm doing right now? Are you doing math? I'm camping apparently. Time warp. Is it a time warp? I didn't even know. (laughs) (laughs) I know. So like I can't share my story like by the time this goes live, I will be back from my camping trip and hopefully I will have shared all kinds of wonderful photos on Instagram and Facebook. But we're actually recording before I go um, because I'm going to be away on our normal recording night. But yeah, we, we decided I've been making this joke for the last few weeks. Um, cause you know, we went camping like three weeks ago. So I keep making this joke. I was like, now that we're avid campers. And I mean, we like cleaned out the garage last weekend and it was like this whole thing. It was like how we have to have all the camping gear organized. so We can just grab it and throw it in the car. And I kept saying to my husband, like, it's been the running joke because we have gone for one camping trip and booked a second camping trip. And that clearly makes us avid campers and it's been quite fun. So I'm at this point on the haven't gone yet side of our second family camping trip, hoping for fewer bears this time and fewer venomous snakes. That is, that is my, my big hope. I'm also hoping that the new camp stove I bought works because that was uh, a little bit frustrating in the last trip but yeah so time warp i'm i'm probably i'm probably uh enjoying some beautiful fall colors in the north georgia mountains right now hopefully
0: oh i would be surprised if fall hit you that soon i mean it's the trees are not even changing color up here yet so i'll be curious to hear all about it We usually go camping a couple of times in the fall. That's my favorite time as well. And I haven't scheduled anything yet. So now I'm motivated. I just wrote down book camping (laughs) trip.
1: Awesome. Is your camping trip going to involve tents?
0: No. mm -mm, No. We all know Stacy doesn't camp. She glamps. (laughs) I have blog posts about it if you'd like to find out what that is. But it essentially means... I enjoy shelter. (laughs) I feel like this is a reasonable request. Period.
1: Um, I I mean, what I consider, it's not quite glamping, but it's definitely because we do car camping. So we can bring a ton of stuff with us. And so it's definitely like luxurious camping if you compare it to like backpacking where you have to carry everything on your back. So like we definitely go with like – a lot of good food and you know it's just like we go we go comfortable but it is still yeah it's sleeping in a tent with sleeping bags
0: if you gave me a backpack i'd like leave it by a tree and just <laughs> shiver on the side of the path for 2 days waiting to be picked up that's not true but it's not my it's not that's not what
1: i would call enjoyable
0: all right Moving on. I hope you're having a great time in your time warp camping trip.
1: And I really I really hope so too.
0: <laughs> and period. I've got not I've got nothing else because the idea of imagining myself
1: backpacking is That's my that's my like goal especially, with the kids. No, especially because you said
0: the last time you went there were snakes and poison ivy and I'm just eh, Yeah. Eh. And, and bears. I have, I have three sons and thankfully that's not their, they, they do not enjoy poison ivy and sneaks either. So when we go camping, <laughs> we we stay in the spot that is safe away from those things. So.
1: Uh, so yeah, we've got a question this week and I think we'll just jump in. Hey, ladies. You guys have rocked my world since I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's and started AIP a year ago. I would say I've been binge listening to your podcast for the last few months, but alas, food prep time is the only time I have to listen. If only there were more hours in the day. Whenever I have a question about anything AIP or paleo related, I think, I bet Sarah has an explanation for the science behind that. I love to geek out on that stuff, and I wish I could just research for a living. My husband is full on the sad diet and he has refused to change. He says he would rather die happy. He has not been happy with his waist circumference and says he can't he can't wait to be more active to reduce his weight rather than change diet. In our past lives, pre-house gutting, we enjoyed hiking and backpacking frequently and hoped to get back into it again one day. Recently, my husband had a biometric screening for work and his blood sugar was elevated. This concerned him more than years of high blood pressure and cholesterol and is now thinking of reducing his carbs. I think this may finally be the time. Any advice would be greatly appreciated. I love that she was
0: funny when she said he would rather die happy, but he has not been happy. With his. <laughs> like, I know that that's a morbid joke, but also I love gravity and dark humor. So hearts to ya. But what I will say is that I don't think that this is as difficult as it can be made out to be. I think that when we start something, a big change. For example, Sarah, you and I both started paleo and our families, our spouses, were not on board. Correct. And it sucks. <laughs> you know, like you you will be most successful when the food is not in the house. So what I would say is even if your spouse is now not thinking of reducing carbs, if you are having this struggle I have always said that the best solution is to have, you know, when you're not angry at each other, like if this has caused an argument or something, wait for that to dissipate, right? But to go back to each other with love and respect and to say, listen, this is something that I want to do for my health and you don't need to do it with me, but I need you to support me in the home so that I don't have temptations that will derail me. I want to maximize my health. I want to be with you, be healthy for you for a long time. Can you help me with this? And remove the things from your house that are problematic. And if the spouse wants to eat chipotle and burrito wraps and pasta and burgers on buns when they're out and you're not around and it's, you know, not tempting you, yeah, you would prefer the person to not because you love them and you want them to be healthy, but You can only control yourself first. And then what I find, because it happened to you, Sarah, and it happened to me as well, Mm -hmm. is you start to see results and you start to feel good and you start to like have all this positive happening and people get tired of living that double life. And so they just kind of fall into the fold. They want to feel good too. They want the energy. They want to get rid of their acid reflux and, you know, whatever problems they have. And so they give it a shot. Um, but I think the idea that paleo is this crazy thing, I mean, goodness, it's been mainstream for so long now, eight to 10 years at this point that it's been, you know, out in the world. I don't think that it's that big of a deal to say to someone, listen, I I just, I want to eat healthy. I want to focus on meat and vegetables in the house. Can you help me with that? You know, and and it, AIP is obviously more difficult. And frankly, my family doesn't eat AIP. And and when I was going through my elimination period, I've talked before about how I cried. Um, <laughs> it was it was hard because I I did not want to remove all those foods from their life. You know, it's it's not fair <laughs> for my kids to not have eggs or nuts or jerky with spice mix on it that is fine for them. It, did, it didn't bother them. And there's no reason that you know they needed to remove those foods that are nutrient dense and, and fine if you're not inflamed from them. So my point to all of this is, A, talk to each other with love and respect about how you can make it work in the home, and B, try to focus on the things that are simple and that you can agree on together so maybe when you're meal planning you know you you figure out how to make meals a double way or you know i've seen a lot of people um sarah you do this right like you make rice on the side um but you don't eat it or you know whatever right like you you can do that if you have the self-control um but focus on the things that you both agree on the meats and the vegetables and just do that for a while and see what happens. And if you start to feel great and you know, frankly, I think that supportive partners are just that they're, su- they're supportive. Right. And so if there's, if there's something more beyond that, like someone is intentionally trying to sabotage, I think that's, that's a really another issue. And you and I have tackled that in another show, um, when you're talking about loved ones who are sabotaging, sabotaging your progress or your kids or something like that. Um, So yeah, I'll just, (laughs) I'll let you jump in.
1: So I, um, I mean, this is probably one of the, this sort of vain question is one that you and I both get all the time. And um, I have come to um, making the following analogy. Um, If you have a family member who is addicted to tobacco, right? They smoke cigarettes. Um, They know that cigarettes are not, Helping them be healthier, right? They they've got all the surgeons general warnings on the packages. There's lots of information out there about how it increases uh you know lung cancer and emphysema and right, all of these things that are the consequences of smoking increases cardiovascular disease risk. Right. I I think it it would be very unusual in this day and age to find somebody who smokes and does not realize that it is bad for their health. And yet doesn't matter how much as an outside person as a spouse or a parent or a child or a sibling that you beg that person to give up smoking um even if they if they try their success rate typically tends to be fairly low and it it doesn't seem to be something that you can impose from the outside to have somebody successfully quit smoking but if that person is self-motivated to quit smoking, they've they've decided whatever they they want to quit smoking so that um their uh you know their baby's not exposed to secondhand smoke, or they want to quit smoking because they've had a health scare, or they've seen an older family member have a health scare, or something has finally gotten to them that they've decided inside that this is this this is something that they need to give up, and this is something that they can. They want to do. Then there's all of these different tools that they can use to help them quit smoking, right? There's nicotine gum and patches and I don't even know what else. There's, you know, there's support groups, right? There, that's where you can help be there to distract them at the time where they normally would smoke. So they break the routine. So they lo- no longer have that association of this is when this happens. This is when I light up a cigarette, right? You can be a wonderful support and you can help increase their success rate. But it's something that came motivated from the inside, and I think that food addiction is very, very similar. That it doesn't matter how, I mean, it's a little bit different in the sense that there's plenty of people who think that the foods they're choosing are the healthiest foods and they have. Incorrect information or incomplete information. So there, there is a that is a little bit different. Uh, So you can certainly provide the information, and that's you know that's why I wrote Paleo Principles the way I did, with so much science, and it's huge, and it has over fifteen hundred references. Right, that that's why I wrote that book is for people to be able to help inform their loved ones about better choices. That's why gray areas are separated out. Right. It's very, very balanced. Um, and it really respects bio-individuality. So there is that sort of, that little bit of a difference from something like quitting smoking where you can help to educate. Um, but my guess is in this situation, right? The husband's been watching the wife follow AIP for a year. Uh, my guess is he has a pretty good sense of the science behind it, and has made a conscientious choice that he does there's some food he doesn't want to give up right there's some aspect of the way he's eating now that he doesn't you know he's addicted to right it's it's a psychological and biochemical addiction and um and I think that in that case, it becomes very, very challenging as the family member as the spouse or the parent or the child or the sibling. To do anything beyond, here's some educational resources so that you see what good would be, and then uh, let me just be here when you're ready, when you're self-motivated to make this change, and then I can be the equivalent of you know nicotine gum by being the person who cooks for you, or shares recipes, or helps you find the best almond butter at the grocery store, whatever it is, right? Then you become the resource to help increase that person's success rate. Um, But you really – you can't um, – there's not any amount of pressure generally that is going to work. Now, there is some really interesting science that shows that – the diet that somebody is most likely to adopt is the diet of somebody they know who has had really great results, typically visible results. So weight loss, or um, you know, they've they're really cut, they've leaned out, right? There's something, their hair has grown back, right? Whatever, like you can see some kind of physical change. That is evidence of the diet working, and that diet is the diet that people are most likely to follow it's one of probably the number one reason why paleo has grown so much over the last decade is that there's so many visible examples of how great paleo is walking around on the streets now, so there is this aspect of being the example that does get people 's attention, and that's that's really wonderful, but I think that Generally, I would sort of recommend some patience. Um, that being said, you know, I think it's—I still think it's worthwhile having the conversation. Uh, that is, you know, and I had this conversation with my spouse, you know, not quite seven years ago, and it was—I um, really feel that this is, you know, here's all my science, here's all my evidence that this is the healthiest way to eat. Um, I'm dedicated to this way of eating because I want to be healthy and live as long as I can. Um, I love you. I want you to be healthy and live as long as you can so that we can live a long and healthy life together. Like this is really important to me. And I think that having that conversation of, you know, it's not just supporting me in my health journey. It's demonstrating your love for me by joining me, right? By, by also caring about how long you live and about how healthy you are for, for that length of time. Um, You know, you can't let it get ultimatum. You can't let it get, um, uh, you can't let it get heated. You can't let it be acute, an accusation. Um, And depending on, you know, the personality of your spouse, you know, maybe it's better to just not go there. But I, I do think there's an aspect of, um, what you know, expressing that you want to share this lifestyle with your spouse because of how much you care for them, um, I think that's at least worth communicating once. And it's not necessarily going to be the the you know tipping point for for everyone, but it may be. And I think that it's worthwhile approaching that and saying, you know, hey, I I care about you. I want to be healthy, and in, in this case. You know we're talking about somebody who is starting to see um you know, elevated blood sugar, higher blood pressure, cholesterol, gaining weight, you know, things that can be very easily addressed by the paleo diet or modified paleo. And I think that's the other part of this conversation, Stacey, you sort of alluded to it is having that conversation of like, where do we meet in the household? Where it's where is, you know, can we come up with a meal that we're both going to love and that's going to happen to be paleo? And I think that, Um, You know, for me, for my husband, the number one thing that got him on board (laughs) was he did not want to give up tasty food. Like he really thought that by going paleo, he wasn't going to get to eat his favorites. And the, the thing that brought him on board was cooking paleo bread, right, with almond flour and muffins and cookies and like things that we don't make very much anymore seven years later. But at the time... It was my way of showing him, like, look, like, you don't have to miss out. Here's your favorite food in a paleo version that tastes delicious. And I would say there's even more recipes now with, like, the new flowers that ex- that there are now that didn't exist way back then. There's even more options for making a paleo version of a favorite food or having a – even if it's, like, just a gluten-free version of a favorite food. Like, there's there's a way to do it now where it – really doesn't taste different. And and so I think there's also this like there's this piece of um what I typically think of as like finding your currency. Like what is that thing that you don't want to give up? You know, oh well it's pizza. Well how about if we make homemade pizza with these ingredients? And you know, can we make homemade pizza that is going to be better for you and that you're gonna really love? And the answer is almost assuredly Yes. So like having that conversation of like what is what is the thing that you're that you don't you're worried about missing? What is the thing that you, you know, don't want to have? And like even in the case of, you know, pre diabetes, like where that's going, and you know, I spoiler that we're actually gonna talk all about diabetes uh next week on the podcast. But I think even in that context, um you know well well what about desserts well a paleo dessert is always going to be a healthier option right they're always going to be lower sugar and higher nutrients there there's so many different options there um and so i think that right finding that what's what's the give and take what what's the bribe right so i can get you on this train okay it's, i'm going to make you pizza that's or that's what, or I'm going to make you chocolate avocado pudding like sure like figuring out what what is the the thing that is going to help somebody buy in and it's one of the reasons why i take like paleo cookies to a potluck because there's this um there's this sort of preconceived notion that paleo is bland and it's just you know, like salad and chicken breast and and you don't get to eat a treat and i love being able to demonstrate to people like no these cookies are just legit good no matter who you are they're delicious cookies and by the way, they're grain-free, you know, dairy-free, refined sugar-free, right? They're lower sugar than what you're used to. They have, they're they made with healthy fats. Like, yeah, still don't eat all of them, but this is like a healthy treat that you get to have on paleo. And that can be the beginning of a really great conversation. So I would also sort of recommend um, – uh, you know, finding finding those foods. Uh, do you remember, Stacey, when we had Brianna Emmett from He Won't Know It's Paleo on the podcast?
0: I do. And I love that that was kind of the whole basis of her blog, although now these days, her husband obviously does know that it's
1: he paleo. Does. <laughs> he figured it out. Maybe around the time where she started a blog called He Won't Know It's Paleo, maybe. Maybe it's um, not then, at the very least,
0: when she published the book.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, we can refer back. I don't remember what what number uh, episode that she was on, but we can make sure it's in the show notes. Um, but she shared her... She, they, they both shared their story, and... Um, she, uh, fed her husband a paleo diet for six months with him having no idea. And he, it wasn't until he like, was like, yeah, you know, I've lost some weight. I'm feeling really good. Like he was saying something like about how great. And she was like, yeah, that's because you've been eating paleo for six months. Like she then like broke it to him. And it was like, after he'd already experienced that, the health benefits. And so I, I love that story. I don't know that I could have gotten away with that in my household, but I, I think it emphasizes the the really important piece of um, like AIP is restrictive, and I certainly I, it, this would be. Although she was AIP in her household, and he had no idea, but um, but I think that you know it's it's really easy to make delicious meals, paleo, and um, and AIP for that matter. And I think when people are they're they're scared to give up delicious food. I think showing them how delicious food can still be is really really uh, important. The the caveat here is if that person is still consuming a lot of these hyper palatable packaged foods, the the salty, sweet and fatty, you know, like designed to be addictive, nutritionally void, the uh disappearing calorie type foods that are um, they're just designed to overwhelm your satiety signals and create food addiction. It can be really challenging to appreciate a good steak and roasted vegetables when you compare it to, um, you know, these types of of addictive foods that are designed to trigger the reward system. So I, I think that's where that's where you do need to get somebody on board is. Is say okay, like I need you to give up these snack foods. We can get healthier potato chips, um, but like I, I need you to give up these foods that are are triggering this cycle of of food addiction, so that you can appreciate this delicious other food I'm gonna make for you.
0: Well, and I think what's interesting is within the question itself, she's answered it basically to what we're saying, which is that. By doing what she's doing and being on that track, um, you know, he, quote unquote, refused to change until he was ready. And then now there's that, you know, biometric screening, and he's seen a result he's not happy with, and he's open to the idea of change. And here's where I think, you know, having science-based information, having delicious food, and having a focus on... Paleo being an anti-inflammatory diet that focuses on nutrient density is such a selling point that I really feel like we, as a community, missed the mark on in the beginning. Because had we used Sarah's tagline from the very beginning, would we have gotten all of the caveman, like, references if we'd have called it, you know, like, the anti-inflammatory diet? Who knows? But anyway, I, I think... You're already there keep doing what you're doing and work together talk to each other as partners um, on how you can make this work and I think one of the things that um, we did in our ebook uh, pretty sure it's in paleo to go is we have this like chart for kids when you're packing lunches like these are the foods that no matter what, if I put them in your lunch, you're not going to complain about. And do something like that together as, as a, a couple, right? Like when you're meal planning and you're both in a rush and, you know, paleo is is real foods and it takes more time. And sometimes, you know, when you're a family, it's difficult to do that. So say to each other, these these are the safe foods that we both agree. If we make them, no one's going to complain and choose some things that are 30 minute or less meals, you know, meatballs, roast chicken from the store, bag salad, you know, what, what are some things that are quick and easy that you can get done that today? Yeah, I like those foods, that'll be fine, we can have them. And I'm not going to feel deprived if those are the foods that I'm eating. And I think that's, that's really it. And, and Sarah, you touched on it when you were talking about how your husband felt, you know, we culturally associate food with more than nourishment. And whether that's right or wrong, whether, you know, someone else says something differently, the fact remains that culturally
1: oh, we celebrate with food, yeah, we cul- nurture with food, we demonstrate our love with food, like food is is ingrained in how we bond as human beings
0: yeah and so i think people are people are afraid of that and what i noticed even today um eight years later people know that i have an anaphylactic reaction to gluten it's uncomfortable for someone to see a person not engaging in the social activity that's happening around the food. And I find that that's usually when I encounter the most pushback, right? Like when my grandmother was still alive when I would go to her house and I would say, "No, I'm I'm not eating this right now." And I would explain that I was feeling so much better by not Eating gluten, and it was like, well, just one piece. You should, you know, just just this one piece, right? And when you were giving the smoking analogy, I was like, but would your family, when you were trying to quit smoking, put a cigarette in your face and just, well, just one <laughs> time, smoke with all of us? You know, um, I hope not. I mean, I'm sure. I, there's yeah, a out there, I
1: mean, but there, it might. Yeah, I mean, but that's, I mean, the that's where the analogy breaks down, though, right? Because it it's the I mean I think the thing with food that's very different from drug addiction or uh smoking or alcoholism is eat, there's no such thing as cold turkey and so that's problem number 1 and problem number 2 is in the age of the internet uh especially but also the fact that there are different approaches to uh an optimal human diet. There's um if you look at the approaches that have some good science to go with them, there's a huge amount of overlap uh in terms of the approach. So if you look at, for example, a plant-based diet versus a Mediterranean diet versus the paleo diet, right, they they all have a, a focus on healthy fats and a lot of vegetables, right? So there's there's um a a lot of overlap in terms of you know what the recommendations are and you can sort of point to um, some disagreements in terms of right like what our actual uh, basic protein needs are right like and and uh, a different reading of the science right would would differentiate between paleo and a, and a plant-based diet, for example. Um, but I think that the the fact that that is then right so there's already conversation and debate and um, uh, differing, differing opinions about, what's optimal from different health experts with legit like, credentials. And then you layer on top of that um, fad diets of the internet and um, this person who does this one crazy thing and then says to all their friends, they should do this one crazy thing. And um, and you kind of layer all of the uh, messaging associated with that. And, and the thing is right now with um, – you know, the way that people get their information is the – all of that has the same volume. And so there's this extra piece to um, making healthy dietary changes ourselves, getting our families on board, explaining it at a potluck or a social gathering or a family reunion. There's this extra complication of – then, having to be the person with the facts and having to to combat all of this you know nutrition noise out there that that is full of incorrect information, and that that certainly complicates matters.
0: All right, so let's say you're you're ready. you've <laughs> you've dealt with the social challenges, um, or you know you're you've had this respectful mutual conversation together you know, what are the next steps? So one of the first things that Sarah and I both unanimously agree on is you got to get the food that you don't want to eat out of your house. And that looks different to different people, right? AIP is different than paleo. Um, and so you might keep tomatoes in the house because your spouse really loves tomatoes. But if you're doing AIP, obviously you can't do that. So, um, it's it's a matter of knowing your own limitations and your own willpower and the goals that you have set for yourself and i personally don't believe in you know a hard set of rules that apply to everybody it's just not something that's worked for for me or the people that are in my life but there are a lot of different things that you can do to set yourself up for success and the first of those is to remove the food you don't want to eat. Um, either completely get it out of your house, take it to donate to a food bank, or, you know, if it's staples that you think you might want to eat again in 30 days if you're doing, you know, an elimination diet and it's almond flour and it was expensive, take it to your mother-in-law's house and put it in her extra freezer in the garage, right? So that it's like <laughs> out of your house entirely, but, um, you know, not, not going to be worrisome for you. And then focus on the good, right? Like I said, come up with a list of foods that you both love. You can check out cookbooks from the library. I mean, obviously Sarah and I each have cookbooks. We each have a blog with tons of recipes. Um, There's Pinterest. There's so many resources without you needing to spend a ton of money. Although obviously we love it when you support us by buying our books. Um, (laughs) But look at some recipes and, and start meal planning. I mean, when Our family gets in a rut or I find that we start to go off the rails with eating out all the time, which cough may have been cough happening a lot since we renovated our kitchen and we need to get back on track. Um, We do a meal plan and we love it. We each pick a day of the week and we pick a recipe that we either love or we want to try or... Um, The boys love going through Pinterest and cookbooks with me. So do that with your spouse, you know, make a date night, um, grab a glass of kombucha and sit down next to each other and figure out, you know, what, what are some things that you can both agree on and come up with a plan? Because the more you're ahead of things, right? Like that's what you're doing is you're getting ahead of it so that when the moment strikes and you're tempted for whatever reason, you're out of time or you have a craving or whatever it is, you want to be set up for success so that you're not falling back into old habits. It takes a long time. I think it's like three to four weeks before you can create a new habit. So you, you have to force yourself into that new habit by setting yourself up for success.
1: Yeah, I um I agree with all of that. I also think that you can approach this as a Okay, let's take a like a step backwards and just think about methods of transition because I think there's two different ways to approach it. One is the jump in with both feet, right? Cold turkey, rip off the band-aid and just go. And then the other one is the baby step approach. And they're both completely valid ways of making positive change in your life. And, you know, when somebody asks me, you know, what, you know, what's the best way? I mean, unless you're dealing with an overt health condition, right, an autoimmune disease that's in a flare that would like motivate you to do something that's maybe, you know, not necessarily consistent with your nature, right, like go in Cold turkey, when normally you would do better with with baby steps. Um, if unless you're dealing with that type of situation, I generally say like look back at your life at like how you've approached change before and been successful. So, are you a New Year's resolution person and that's worked really well for you? Or are you better at like the small, manageable, bite size steps? And like both is like totally fine. But like think about what what works better for you as a person and and tackle it that way. And I, you know, I went in uh all in, ripped off the band-aid, August thirty first, twenty eleven was the my first day of eating paleo. Uh but my family all transitioned slowly over six months. And that was just what worked for me versus what worked for them. And I think it's really important to to honor that um, if if your – somebody else in your family needs to transition a different way. And I would say that if you're looking at a gradual transition, there's this really, really excellent guidebook that would help you called Real Life Paleo. I've never heard of it. What, really? Yeah. It's think. excellent. It, <laughs> it, it divides transition into three phases. Wow. Well, yeah. I think I might have heard about that before. <laughs> but well, I, I think – that step by step approach and and what's great about real life paleo is it helps prioritize but you can you can also you don't necessarily need to follow that right like some people will be able to look at their lives and be like okay I got to get rid of gluten first and that's the number one thing but maybe the number two thing is I got to work on eating more vegetables right you can you can figure out the the what are your steps and create a plan and you're like I'm going to do this step first and this step and this step and then sometimes you get through half of the steps and you go okay well now I'm going to go all in but i think that Um, having some priorities in terms of transition is, is fine and taking it in a step-by-step approach is totally valid.
0: And I think it really depends, like you said, on the person, what your goals are. If your goal is to make this sustainable and not have someone freak out and, you know, whatever, I, that's entirely different than you have a health issue you're trying to deal with and you're going into AIP because you need to clear your system. So just really ask yourself what are your goals and come up with a midpoint for you both. And it sounds to me, in this case, like she's going to do AAP and he's going to do something that might look more paleo in nature and you know if you're using real life paleo as a basis you'll see that you know there's allowances for things like dairy and whatever until you get to the later phases that might look like primal that might you might have white rice you might have whatever in there and honestly that's gonna be even having rice in a diet if you're removing all of the processed foods is going to be, you're going to feel so much better. You're going to have such a reduction in your carbohydrate load in general from removing processed foods that, you know, the, the person might feel great just off of that. But also keep in mind that if you are doing that phased approach, that you might not have the same sort of I feel so great instant overnight. I mean, for me, I got rid of things like sleep apnea and heartburn and, um, you know, whatever within like a week or two. And it was, that was the motivation for me, right? Like I don't ever want to feel gross again. Um, I don't want to feel ill again like this. So I, I say gross, not because I was gross, but because I was feeling gross, I realized that, that was not the best word, but, um, anyway, if, If the person is transitioning in slowly, then they might not have that success and they might not want to continue. So just Mm -hmm. be mindful of that, right? Like you don't want to go too slow and then the person doesn't see results and they're like, well, you know, I gave up gluten and I don't even feel any better. Because like Sarah said, she, you know, she gave up gluten first, didn't have results from her autoimmune disease. Then she gave up dairy didn't have results and told herself, Well, that did nothing. But then when she gave up gluten and dairy, saw results on her autoimmune disease. So if she had given up, she wouldn't be where she is today, right? So,
1: I mean, to be fair, there was like six years in between. <laughs> <laughs> just so, with it. i'm trying. I mean to okay Yes. I mean it's like totally a true story and and in my rose colored glasses, the time frame was completely compressed yes <laughs> um but i mean that's a very valid point in that um you know just going gluten free is not enough for most people to feel healthy right it's it's certainly more complicated than that, and um and that sometimes it really takes. Okay, now I jump in with, with both feet and get all the way there. The, the other thing that I wanted to mention as we wrap up this episode is that the diet changes are always easier if you can focus on lifestyle at the same time time or even first. So getting enough sleep, managing stress, and getting some activity in, all of those things regulate appetite, regulate food cravings, and regulate the reward system. So if you're getting enough sleep and your stress is not crazy high and you're getting some activity during the day, you naturally – you won't – You're naturally going to choose healthier foods. You'll even naturally buy fewer calories in the grocery store. You uh, typically will naturally eat fewer calories and you're not going to get the same type of like – uh, sort of addiction response, right? That dopamine food reward response to hyperpalatable foods, uh, or even to you know something like chocolate, or right, like something that otherwise could be very healthy. And so, um, and and say, and being hydrated, right? So enough water, enough sleep. Some kind of activity, some kind of stress management are all going to make the body respond better and faster to dietary changes, especially to shifts in, in macronutrient ratios and it 's going to make actually making those choices better and it 's going to mean that you have more enjoyment out of the food the healthy food that you 're eating and you 're not getting as many cravings and so um, I think it 's really important as as i mean for anybody tackling transition. Um, the lifestyle factors getting those dialed in can make or break the diet changes. Absolutely. I felt like there needed to be. Mic Mic drop. So I know that there's a part of this question that is related to elevated blood sugar and diabetes and how can we modify paleo to, um, to, to best manage diabetes. It's not the only question I have in our queue that relates to diabetes. so that is uh, on the docket for us to cover next week. Um, I really felt like that was at, I, that was the type of topic that needed its, its whole own own show to dedicate because it's a very, very big topic. Um, so I, I don't you know I don't want to leave this person you know hanging too much in terms of, of that aspect of her question. So just wait a week and we'll get there. Um, but I did kind of think that this was um, this is such a common experience, and um, and such a common question that we both get that it was uh, a nice one to sort of uh, tackle in its own dedicated episode.
0: I hope that it's helpful. I think we've kind of gotten away from some of these original questions that you know we I know we tackled years and years ago, but we also I also encourage not people not to go back to the archives so it's good to to remember (laughs) that there are people still starting and that's awesome i love the idea that there are people still finding paleo and coming to it as a lifestyle solution for health and um while some of the listeners have been with us for you know decades at this point no I'm kidding uh
1: so roughly people, 319 episodes right
0: look at you with the math this week um some some people are starting and that's that's such a fantastic place to be because that part of my life and and finding that renewed sense of health was just so wonderful so I wish this couple and everybody finding paleo for the first time um best of everything. And please let us know how it goes. We love to hear from you on social media or emails. Um, We welcome you to submit your questions to the contact forms on our website and via social media so that we can tackle your topics when we are finished tackling all the ones that we got queued up. Um, and, of course, if you like listening to the show, please leave us a review and refer us to your friends and family. As always, it is our greatest compliment. And least, last but not least, um, when you visit our blogs, thepaleomom.com and realeverything.com, clicking the links on our website and our sidebars help us tremendously, um, bring you this content. So we appreciate your support and thank you for being here with us this week.
1: We'll be back next week. Thank you for listening to the Paleo View. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to rate us on iTunes. You can also support us by shopping for our favorite paleo products on the sidebars of our individual websites or by donating through PayPal. Okay, so there's no science here? There's no science. There's no notes. It's just talking about... I
0: don't even know how to do a show without 40
1: pages of notes, Sarah. <laughs> oh, I, I'm sure you'll you'll revert oh, back about... to... Oh, my goodness. Those... Stop. I mean... Oh. You just, you just saying It wasn't me this started time.
0: started it, and now it's just... You know what? It's going to be like a thing between us. We're going to trade off singing, and it's just going to get terrible. Our bloopers, people are going to start rating our show and saying, please stop singing in the bloopers.
1: <laughs> Do you know, I, I, I really hope that people don't judge us based on our singing abilities. Because otherwise, there's going to be a lot of two-star reviews out there. <laughs> Seeking the truth never gets old.